Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome to another very exciting episode of Star Trek Discovery with Aaron and Polly, or Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, because we try to meet all of your Star Trek needs right here. I mean, we didn't set out with that intention, but no, we did. We did. Oh, we that did? was always that was always the intention. That was that was you know what we wrote down as our mission statement. Oh, oh, I thought we were just going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. No, oh, all the Star Treks. Well, I've never seen any of the other Star Treks. You liar. <laughs> we just need to pad out our episodes like Star Trek Discovery is. <laughs> We're going to talk about this week's 41-minute episode shortly. <laughs> it was a little bit short, wasn't it? I, uh, it was I, we. I, I was traveling yesterday, and normally I watch my episode on Tuesday so that we can record on Wednesday. I was traveling yesterday and didn't get a chance to watch. And let me complain right now, CBS All Access – you need to have a download option like Netflix. Let me download that thing, commercials and all, to my iPad so I can watch it on the air, on the uh, airplane. That would be nice. Because you pay um, for the extra ten dollar fee, don't no, you? No, no, I do not. Oh, okay. I do not. I, I, uh, <clears throat> for some reason, I feel like I'm going to draw the line at, at that that extra four dollars. <laughs> draw the line at six ninety nine. Yeah, this far, no farther. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I, you know, I uh, no, I'm a six ninety nine commercial guy. I I will tell you, probably when we move into the next half of the season, I'll probably kick it up to ten dollars because the commercials are killing me, Paul. Yeah. They're killing me. I'm dying by inches here. Well, if you guys remember anyone who's been listening to this show uh, since the beginning, I had mentioned how I got a free month when I went to cancel. And everyone, everyone listening to this show is probably in the same situation other than Aaron. Um in that, you know, we, we we got the free week for the first week, and then we all went to cancel it, and they offered us a free month. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll take a free month. Well, this week, this past Sunday, I got charged my $5.99, dollars oh. So I am paying my $6 for one freaking episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go in all there and watch some- you can go in there and watch some NFL football, Paul. Oh, I can go watch. I can watch. I mean, I I, I get CBS, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can watch all the Survivor. I can get caught up on that new David Boreanaz show. Yeah, Seal Team. Seal Team. David Boreanaz. <laughs> yeah, you got to say it right, Paul. You got to say. It, you got to do it with an announcer voice. I, I don't have an announcer voice. <laughs> I, I I don't I, do voices, Aaron. We've established this. Come on, you could you could do it in your British voice, Paul. Cheers. So anyway, I was I was in Oklahoma yet or traveling in Oklahoma yesterday and uh, wasn't able to watch the episode. So I raced out of the office because I knew I needed to watch it before Paul and I talked tonight. And you know, I'm, I'm literally I'm leaving the office and people are like, "Hey, I got a question for you." No, I've got to go home and watch Star Trek. 
you know, leave me alone. <laughs> so I get home and I mean, I, I was amazed at how quickly this episode went by because, you know, much shorter than the other episodes that we've watched. Yeah. Well, other than that second episode, that was also 42 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Just putting that out there. These two parters. Yeah. They, they're, they're ripping you off. Paul, they're ripping you off. I know. I paid $6 for that. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me a goddamn hour. They're screwing you blue. Yeah. Screwing you blue. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I was I was a little surprised at how short this episode was, but, you know, we got to we got we got to see this episode. Um, um, it, are, are we moving into the episode now, Paul? Are we moving no. Into okay. No, Aaron. OK, whoa. Bad. I felt like I felt like I was about to cross a line. You did. You perhaps, crossed the streams. Wrong franchise. Perhaps some sort of neutral zone. See, Aaron, yeah. Aaron will always bring the Star Trek references <laughs> and I will always reference some other type of pop culture. Because you've never watched an episode of Star Trek. Because I'm, I have now seen eight episodes of Star Trek. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it, it, for anyone listening and hating right now, no, I, I have seen many episodes of Star Trek. <laughs> yes, he has. He has. We went to a Star Trek convention together. Which is a perfect segue to my first news item, Aaron. Well, and that's, you know, Paul has, has, has entered in a blind show uh show list today he just says news items you know like you populate the news item here hey aaron you got a crazy news item to go here so i mean uh, a complete happenstance the, the the segue was achieved there you go paul yeah exactly <laughs> and just like us segue ruined yeah exactly <laughs> so when aaron and i went to star trek mission new york last september uh september 2016 um, we visited the Star Trek Starfleet Academy experience on the USS Intrepid, I think. Yes. Yeah, that uh, is correct. Well, I shouldn't say it was it wasn't on the Intrepid. It was like in it the museum a, next to the Intrepid. That is correct. Um, so we it was Intrepid adjacent. <laughs> Intrepid adjacent. The Intrepid adjacent Starfleet Academy experience. <laughs> um, so, Aaron, what did you think of that experience? There were things I thought were interesting. Um, I, You know, I. There were things I thought were interesting. <laughs> well, I, I don't I, know that I would pay money to do it again. Okay. Well, if you are interested in finding things interesting, the Starfleet Academy experience is now in New Jersey. It's in Joyzy. It's in Joyzy at the um, Liberty Science Center. I think that it, I felt like the thing that I really enjoyed there, Paul, mm -hmm. was the transporter digital photo. You know, where they gave you an animation yeah, of you that transporting. Was fun. That was cute. I mean, that was that was fun. I've got it saved. You know, uh, me beaming out. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. So uh, the exhibit runs until May 2018. And and for anyone who, I mean, uh, actually, uh, I will put a link in the show notes at iomgeek.com because I did a little video of our experience. I, I feel I I found it interesting as well. I didn't dislike it, but I will say, um, quite frankly, 75% of the exhibit was wasted on me because it's a lot of those interactive little gamey things that don't sometimes don't work and aren't all that great. And they're kind of cheesy yeah. and they're good for kids. But the 25% that worked for me was all the costuming that they had, yes. you know, the yeah. costumes and the props. I love that stuff. Um, you know, it, it brought me back to, uh, Brought my, 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 my heart back to that Star Trek experience that was out in Las Vegas for a exactly. number of years. Yeah. I, I well, love that. And, and, I, and I agree. I think most of the exhibit is geared towards children. So, you know, I don't think it was aimed towards us. I would also like to point out that Paul and I were rushed out 
<laughs> yes, we, we were there the last like, ones. Right at the very end. And I mean, they were like, yeah, I hurried up. And the, the places that I thought were really cool was like the bridge scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just like being on the on the bridge of uh, the Enterprise D. Uh, that was cool. Um, I, there were things that were, that, you know, what it does is, is you go through the academy experience and you go through all these different tests and it tells you what you're, you would be best at. You know, which, you know, are you in security or are you space sciences? Are you navigation con? You know, what, what are you? That kind of thing. Um, but I remember, I, I think that the, of those tests, the things that stand out to me the most are those things that didn't work right for us that night. Yeah. Like the, the phaser range. Oh uh, you know, yeah, or the Klingon this... learn Klingonese or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Klingonese. It's just Klingon. I, I, I got it's Klingonese. It. Oh, it is it's Klingonese. Klingonese. Okay, it's Klingonese. Yeah. Bam! Look at that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, if you've got kids, I think they'll have a blast doing it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just it, it wasn't geared for us. And you know, from other pictures I've seen, you know, they'll have people cosplaying, uh, you know, people in Star Trek there, and I bet that would be fun too. Strangely, there was nobody doing that while we were there, well, even though we were, we, were, we were there during Mission New York. Yeah, we also went you at know. the end of the night. That's true. Um, we, 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 were, we, were there we, were, we were amongst the last ones there. Um, and, you know, to Aaron's point, if you have kids, they probably shouldn't be watching Star Trek Discovery. But if they are <laughs> and you take them to the Starfleet Academy experience, they are likely to turn to you and say, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fucking cool. Motherfucking cool. <laughs> so um, also at Star Trek Mission New York. Gosh, this is all coming back. Aaron with his <laughs> one transition. Perfect. Um, we also played uh, from Ubisoft, the Star Trek Bridge Crew uh, uh, virtual reality experience. Yeah, sort of a Kelvin Universe sort of virtual experience, but super cool. Yeah, so they had uh, four of us. Um, We were all sitting in in tight quarters, but the game is now out for PlayStation VR and I think for, you know, your your PC-based VR helmet or headset. Uh, So we, we, we got to play it in person, and it was just super cool. Yeah. Um, Now, that experience, uh, like I said, you can have it at home. However, IMAX and Ubisoft have launched a special edition bridge crew exclusively in IMAX VR centers. So you can, um, you know, go in with a group of friends, step aboard a Federation starship in a new destination-based version of Ubisoft's popular virtual reality game, Bridge Crew Rescue at Persef has been redesigned and optimized for an interactive and multiplayer destination-based IMAX VR experience, which will let four players explore space together and complete missions as members of Starfleet. Now, I am not familiar with what an IMAX VR experience is or an IMAX VR center, um, but uh, it looks like uh, it is players via hand tracking and full-body avatars, including real-time lip-sync, can live out their Star Trek fantasies. That sounds super cool. Where do they have these places, Paul? So there are three IMAX VR centers, one in Los Angeles, one in New York, and one in Shanghai. That Um, doesn't help me at all. No. But however, the experience will also be available at upcoming centers that will open over the coming months in Toronto, the UK, and other locations worldwide. You can go to imaxvr.imax.com for pricing, availability, and showtime. So uh, though it's only in those centers right now, I believe that it is probably you know, expanding further. But I will say, um, while we can't necessarily recommend, 
uh, you know, the, the, the Starfleet Academy experience, I, I would absolutely recommend trying the Star Trek bridge crew, uh, experience. That was a lot of fun. You know, way back around 1990 or so, uh, there was this business, uh, over in Dallas where they had, uh, battle tech simulators. Yeah. You know, did you ever do one of those? You know, we had, um, we have <laughs> way back when the first time VR was a thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, we had a couple of arcades or, uh, uh, you know, like adult arcades that had the the VR experiences, um, and I think one of them was like a BattleTech. Well, this was great because you could have like you know, you and eight of your friends all linked into the same game, and you're in your pods. They'd lock you into the pod, and you'd, you it was that was a blast. Mm-hmm. That was a blast, and you know the graphics were so terrible back in those days. Uh, I would love to do one of those VR IMAX things, and you know, just sitting in the. Uh, uh, in the, the convention hall, playing that game with the VR headsets on, it, well, that alone was immersive. Yeah. I can just imagine what the other thing is going to be like because yeah. that, that was just great. That was, a, that was a blast, even though I wrecked the ship into a starbase. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Repeatedly. Aaron. Aaron <laughs> Wasn't my fault. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was, was not a good navigation person. I was no, on tactical. I, I'd like to point out that engineering wasn't giving me enough power to steer the ship. Yeah, she, that's, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you can have lady folk working in engineering. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. And you know, the, we were testing it all with people who had never played the game before. Yeah. And uh, I can just imagine what it's like if you're playing with folks, who know, what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely fun. Like I said, I'm going to link the video down below. Um, obviously I think we, I showed a little bit, I don't think I was allowed to necessarily show. Um, I don't think I was allowed to show the video game screens, but you can probably see it in the corner. <laughs> Squint. Uh, yeah, um, it, it was it was fun, and, and there's so much footage out there for Star Trek Bridge Crew, but you can kind of see what our experience was like, and we really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, so uh, and hopefully you know we'll we'll get out to another Star Trek related experience in the near future. We'll see. Oh. I don't know that 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 was that was that sounded vague and ominous, but quite frankly, we don't have any plans. But should something arise that we're interested in, I mean, they do that Vegas convention every year, you know. And every year, I think about going. But yeah. they don't, it's like it's like four or five days. It is. It's, it is. Not it seems small, strange but to it go. It's huge. It's it's it, bigger than Mission New York. Oh no! It, well, yeah. No, it would have to be right. Yeah. But it, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around going to a convention for just part of the convention. Yeah. I also have a hard time wrapping my head around being there for five days. Fair point. So, you know, I actually, so this is a question for our listeners. Um, well, I have a question and I have a request. Oh dear. Well, so the question is if you guys have been to that Star Trek Las Vegas convention, uh, comment at IOMgeek.com or leave a voicemail at the ideology of madness hotline. 972-763-5903. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable, high-ideology of madness surprise. Or you can comment on Facebook or Twitter. I'm just very curious if you know if any of you guys have been to it. Do they have, like, a pop-up bar for Quarks? I, you know, I, I, you know we, we, I, I, I'm getting us all off topic, but now I'm reminiscing about my experience at that Star Trek thing that was in, um, I don't even remember the hotel. Uh, Las Vegas Hilton. 
Yeah, the Las Vegas Hilton. God, that that thing was so so good, and I would love to see that come back. And you know, I, I understand that Star Trek is a franchise, despite the fact that we've now based a podcast on it. But you know, we're doing this for free. Um, doesn't rake in the bucks like it used to, right? Uh, I I think trying to find um, a business that is going to do well or an experience that's going to do well like that, um, based on Star Trek, I think is 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 pretty hard to come by. I mean, I'd love to see something like that come back, a theme park experience or something. It's certainly been rumored that uh, Star Trek is coming to Universal Studios Orlando. I think we talked about that in a prior episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I getting this weekly Star Trek talk, uh, you know, has kind of put me in the mood for, for more Star Trek <laughs> in my life. Yeah, it, it's make, it, you know, the first taste is free, Paul. <laughs> well, and I'm not even referring to more Star Trek viewing right i'm, I'm referring yeah, to star trek want, experiences yeah star trek you know yeah the, the the star trek experience star trek you know uh uh you, know, you just want you just want more of that that stuff you get out in the world you know yeah. you want to you want you want to do a little cosplay you want to fondle a phaser you know get out there and you know uh you know uh check out the orion slave girls who doesn't want to do that paul exactly. i get it that's all I i'm feel asking you. for I mean, I don't want to cosplay, but I want to see people in cosplay. (laughs) You're going to get your Klingon teeth and you're going to cosplay, Paul. I'm going to cosplay as Stamets. (laughs) That way I can be moody and bipolar. You're going to have to be a lot more pale than you are right now, Paul. Well, there's that. You know, you've got that nice tawny color. I do. I do. And and, and I'm also not blonde. That's right. You know, I feel like people will still get the message. I, I kind of feel like you can kind of see through Stamets now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he he just seems ready. He, he, the guy needs to spend some time under a sun lamp is all I'm saying. Well, it's probably because he's he is probably like, don't you think he's been like drained or something? They keep sticking needles in him like he's. Well, well he does. And, you know, Paul, who else is awfully pale in the Star Trek universe is the Traveler from Next Generation. Do you remember the Traveler, Paul? Uh, Yeah, actually, now that you bring it up. Yeah, the tri- for those of you who don't recall, the Traveler was the guy who showed up in uh, you know, early Star Trek, and he was helping out this guy travel faster than than we than warp ten. You know, he had these mystical abilities or supernatural abilities, extra scientific abilities to be able to push the Enterprise clear to the other side of the galaxy. Uh, he then comes back later in the series, and you know, and he tells Picard. You know, in that in that, that that first time he appeared as, hey, by the way, Wesley Crusher, he's kind of he's kind of special. He's kind of supernatural, but you can't tell him that you got to let him develop on his own. And then later on in the series, he comes back and he takes, you know, uh, uh, Wesley Crusher off on his cosmic walkabout because you know, they're going to go off and both be travelers together. Rumor has it, you know, we got all these fan rumors going on out there around Star Trek Discovery is that Stamets is actually the traveler that he morphs into the traveler. What? That is the, the the new theory that came out over the the last week or so out there on those crazy crazy interwebs. Well, I mean it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, you know, I, I it's actually one of those things you can kind of see because you know the abilities aren't that different, right? Well, and what would be interesting is that could also explain why this technology, this jump technology, has not been featured in any other show, because right. perhaps it's tied to Stamets, and when Stamets, um, or perhaps it's outlawed as a result of something that happens to Stamets. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay, well, mm. I mean, I could see that. I could buy that. And they're they're both awkwardly pale. Ah, uh, well, you know, I you mean, know. just saying. You can't trust those pale people. 
Uh, speaking as an avowed pale person, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's truth. So hey, how do you all, feel about this theory, Aaron? You know, it's the first one I've heard that doesn't make me just want to, uh, you know, murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I actually I, I could see that I, I somehow I, part of me feels like the writers aren't going to link us so tightly to other storylines. Um, you know, I think they've already, they've already I, I think they probably won't just want to be doing their own thing. So I'm getting a little meta, right? You know, yeah. I'm talking about what's in the writer's head versus what's going on in the story. I, from the story perspective, yeah, I could absolutely see it. But from the meta perspective, I just don't think they probably want to do that. I, I hear you. Oh, but yeah, this is this isn't a a theory that makes me just want to scratch out my eyes. So, so yeah, I, I could see that. I could see it. I, I actually chuckled when I read it. I, I, I could, you know, I I, I do buy it. I, it. It is an interesting theory. Um, I I hear you. You know that I think. But I, I would say as much as they're trying to tie Star Trek Discovery, or is there, as much as they're, as much as you, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I know that you think that from a writer's perspective, they want to make Star Trek Discovery their own thing. I right. feel like all they have done thus far is find ways to tie it into other Star Trek things. <laughs> right. So, I mean, not in a bad way, but I, I do feel like they are going out of their way to bring Harry Mudd back and tie in the the ex-wife and and all these things and you know they're they're trying to find like little loopholes that they can tie it into uh you know previous star trek lore including spock having a sister um so i i feel like there there may be something there yeah well we'll we'll see right time will tell yeah so uh yeah we had asked for uh comments questions uh and the like and we we received a comment uh shortly before we recorded tonight from Scott Bonner of the internet. And, uh, you know, he said he watched episode seven last night. Star Trek discovery was a shocking departure from other track in tone and morality. And now I feel like that shift is being normalized or smoothed in a way that makes me think of how the shocking departure in our nation, national politics is being normalized. Huh? So, so, Paul, I think that's a nice transition into this week's episode. This week's episode being called, and I'll, I'll try and pronounce this, uh, the, the Latin correctly, uh, Si Vis Pacum Parabellum, or translated, if you want peace, prepare for war. Dun, dun, dun. And, Paul, this is yet another episode. I think this is our second episode in which we didn't have a cold open. We just had a previously on Star Trek Discovery. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So... Um, you know, this is, you know, we open up in a, in a fight scene mm-hmm. and one of the things that, that kind of annoyed me about this fight scene was that discovery seems more like a video game when it's, in, when it's, uh, showing space combat rather than demonstrating that these are ships of size and, and how they move. You know, I think that's something that, that wrath of Khan does really well yeah. is demonstrate how big these ships are and, and how they relate to each other. And this just seemed like a couple of X-wing fighters going at it. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah. these are, these, these feel like X-wing fighters, the way they move, they're moving when, when in reality, they re- they really should be treated more like submarines. Yeah, exactly. Or aircraft carriers or, yeah. you know, cruisers things that are displacing you know a, a lot of space i mean the, the, they're, they're these are huge things and they don't turn on a dime right uh 
anyway, I just that's the, the the space battle is you know really bothered me. Um, and what we see in the space battle is uh, there is I forget the name the Gagarin. The USS Gagarin is is out there being assaulted by all of these Klingon battleships that are coming in and out of Cloak, though they call it invisibility uh, in, in this series because they haven't discovered Cloak technology. They've been s- discovered invisible screen technology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're they're attacking the Gagarin. And, you know, I will say one of the things I really like is the effect of when Discovery jumps in and how it kind of, you know, drops into the scene. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool looking, to it be is. perfectly honest. And so they drop in and they just start, you know, kicking ass and whatnot. And the Gagarin shields are, are almost nothing. And Lorca, you know, two uh, photon torpedoes get zapped over at towards the Gagarin and they throw Discovery in between the torpedoes and Gagarin, intercepting one of them, but not the other. And we lose Gagarin. Discovery jumps away. Now, Discovery jumping away, they say, OK, Black alert. Let's go. Did it seem like it took an inordinate amount of time for Discovery to engage, for for them to go, okay, we got to spore up uh, Stamets, do the injection, let's go. That seemed an awfully long time, and it seemed like they should have that the Klingons should have been shooting Discovery. Yeah, I did catch right. that, you know, because there was this space battle, and they're like ten percent on shields, and he, and then the other ship explodes, and then they're like, okay, let's go. And yeah. you know, everyone just kind of like moseys to their stations and, and ports away or whatever, jumps yeah. away. And I'm like, like you had 10% shields. You were like one shot away. The Klingons are like, hold on, hold on. They're leaving. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah. hold on. Whoa. It's it's not sporting to shoot at them while they're trying to get out of here. Yeah. Just go, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is dishonorable. Yeah. 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 So I was a little disappointed in that, you know, but so then we cut to some actual Star Trek stuff, right? Yeah. You know, we're we, – god damn it, Paul, we're exploring a, a brave new world. You know, we're seeking out new life, new civilizations. We're actually going where people haven't gone before, Paul. We're down there on the planet Pavu. And we we feel like as we're down there on the planet Pavu that, hey, this, this planet's uninhabited. There's no intelligent life here, even though strangely – and I would think that this would tip somebody off. The whole planet seems to be singing the same song. And it's broadcasting that song to space by this big natural formed crystal tower. Yeah, which that was seems odd. to me seems to me that uh, crystal towers formed uh, naturally don't tend to broadcast. And I think that someone should have kept, should have questioned that a little more. Yeah, you know. But you know, we've got uh, Saru. Saru seems like the most wrong person in the world to lead an away team. Yeah. You know, being the guy who's just afraid of everything, threat ganglia always going off. And here he is on this world and the the planet singing at him is distressing him more than than anything we've ever seen. So, you know, it, but it's nice. We see an away team. We see an away team that's not out murdering people. We see an away, they're, they're not murder hobos, this away yeah, team. Yeah. Right. They're, they're out there, you know, seeking out new life. And uh, I. I, I that, I for for a little while there, Paul. I was pretty nostalgic about that in this episode. Okay, and then, uh, well, uh, the, then things get revealed, and you know, Saru turns questionable. Hey, give me your communicators. You're not going to need those anymore. Crunch, you know. Uh, <laughs> I we see a very tender moment between uh, Barnum and uh, Tyler. And, you know, still led I, – I, I got to tell you, I know something's coming. I know there's going to be a shoe dropping with uh, Lieutenant Tyler. 
but uh, I, I just don't think he's a Klingon spy. Yeah, there is something. Like, we, we talked about this last episode. There is yeah. something, but the Klingon... I mean, now, to be fair, we have not seen the main Klingon villain. Um, you know, the, 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 the one who was uh, the albino yeah. Klingon since before Tyler came along. No, I agree. I agree. I, they've got him off camera. I just... He's too perfect of a of a spy to to be a true Klingon spy. Yeah. And so again, I, I maintain my position. If he is, the writers aren't playing fair. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, Saru decides that we're all going to live on this new planet. This planet that we have discovered has intelligent life, even though our sense, excuse me, our sensors don't register it as intelligent. And, uh, you know, so, so Michael Burnham and Tyler team up, to uh, to get over on Saru so that they can get off the planet. There's a big conflict. Saru, Saru uh, you know, finds out that this is the first time in his life he's never been afraid, that they, they did something to Saru to remove his fear. And, uh, you know, so he likes that. And he, he wanted to stay there and not be afraid anymore. Plus, he didn't want to involve them in the Klingon war because the whole reason they're on this planet with this magical crystal antenna is that they believe they can they can uh, turn the power up to 11 and use this sound broadcast thing to make the Klingon ships visible, the cloaked Klingon ships visible. Not sure how that works, but it's science, y'all. And I have a liberal arts major. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, so anyway, uh, meanwhile, while all of that's going on, Vice Admiral Katrina Cornwell is uh, chatting up. Oh, gosh, what's her name? I've got it here. Hold on just one second. She's chatting up Laurel, played by uh, Mary Chieffo. And that is the uh, the woman who's attached to the uh, albino Klingon who is in hiding right now from all the other Klingons. And, you know, Paul says he might be Lieutenant Tyler. We all know Paul's sketchy. So she, you know, appears to, Hey, you know, I want to defect. She says, I I want to, I want to, I want to go to you Federation folks. You guys don't kill your prisoners. I want to defect and I'll take you to my ship. We'll fly out of here. We'll go to your ship, your ship Discovery, which isn't Vice Admiral Cornwell's ship, but okay. And, you know, so clearly she's tipping her hand a little bit that I'd like to go to Discovery. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you're walking down the hall and you think, oh, it's all pretty cool. And then two Klingons show up and Laurel, Laurel, yeah, Laurel beats the hell out of Cornwell apparently to death. Yeah. I, I don't believe Vice Admiral Cornwell is dead, Paul. No, I don't either. I think I'm, I'm calling shenanigans on that. Yeah, I think Vice Admiral Cornwell is stuffed in a closet somewhere unconscious, and she's going to wake up and find that Laurel, her ride home, is imprisoned herself because, you know, the uh, the bad guy, uh, Cole, I think, K-O-L, is, uh, you know, got her to pledge loyalty and then said, you know, I know you're a liar. And throws that lion stinking Klingon into the pokey. So now we've got uh, Vice Admiral Cornwell free on the ship, we think, stuffed in a closet somewhere. And, uh, you know, Laurel in Klingon prison. Mm-hmm. That Klingon prison, it's getting a lot of action in this in this show. Yeah, yeah. So, so Paul. Yes, sir. What did you think of this episode? Because at the very end of the episode, Paul, the Pavans you know, release Saru. They didn't have him under mind control. They were just helping him out, right? Helping him out with his fear. 
And they they like, hey, we understand what you guys need. You guys need some help here to not to stop this war. But they, you know, the Pavans don't want to help help you stop the war by getting over on the Klingons. They want to bring you together, Paul. They want to they want to light a candle in that darkness. They want to build a bridge between these two peoples. And so they invite the Klingons to Pava, which is where we left this episode, with the Klingons warping into the system, with Discovery there, Saru there, Michael Burnham there, Tyler and Lorca. So, what'd you think of this episode, Paul? I will say, I don't think I liked this episode. Oh, really? What bothered you about it, Paul? The um, shortness? The Did shortness. You, were you missing those three minutes? It wasn't so much the three minutes, right? Even though, yes, that that, that, that does aggravate me that I'm paying for a service for shorter than average shows. Um, because I, I feel like what's happening is just like what happened with the first episode. This is all just set up for the second episode, and it should have just been a two-parter to begin with. Or a one, right. one extended episode to begin with. Um, so, I... I I've, that that was a frustration of mine, uh, but with this episode, I, I didn't necessarily. I, I think that we were. Well, I appreciate we're getting back to the momentum of the main storyline after last week's, um, you know, uh, kind of sidestep with the the Harry Mud stuff. Uh, I I don't necessarily like the storyline on the planet. I you know I I hear you with the exploration thing and that aspect of it was interesting at first, but the Saru turning bad and against them and the whole. Tyler and Burnham romance. The, the Tyler Burnham romance for me, I don't feel like those two have enough chemistry. Oh no, um, man! To sell that, they're smoking. They're smoking with chemistry. Paul. They are. They are not. Yeah, they are. They are effervescent with chemistry. Effervescent. They are pouring. Uh-huh. They are. It's oozing. Yeah, they're um, bubbling. 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 Um, percolate, I, percolate. <laughs> they're marinating uh, in, in chemistry. No, I, I, I don't buy the, I don't buy that relationship. Um, at all like it's just like uh, for me it 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 feels too forced you've got Uh, no romance in you paul i'm dead inside you are you're dead inside and so i just uh, the episode just didn't connect with me i didn't find it very interesting um i i i thought it was interesting that like after eight episodes of build-up like the, the the it feels like the the setup for this confrontation between the klingons and discovery doesn't feel earned to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it feels like, oopsie, with this planet misunderstood our intentions. Now we have to fight the main bad guys. Right. Um, that That's how this felt to me. Uh, and, and perhaps that's, you know, it's just resolving some threat. I'm sure it's only halfway into the season. So we're only resolving certain threads of the storyline and certain threads will go into the second season. I am still interested in how this next episode is going to wrap up. And I'm sure it'll end on some type of cliffhanger, but... Oh, it will have to, right? Yeah. It'll have to, because if you don't raise the stakes, I mean, just from a business perspective, if you don't raise the stakes, people aren't going to come back and spend their, you know, seven or $10 a month for the service. Yeah. So they've got it. They've got it. They've got to dazzle and leave it on, on some sort of painful cliffhanger so that we spend the next couple of months going, well, what the fuck, Paul? What yeah. the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, gotta be, I mean, and, and I will tell you, the cliffhanger for me has to should be more Stamets jump drive related than it should be Klingon related. I would um, agree. I, I get that, irritated. That, that story is more interesting to me. I will. Well, say. I, I, and largely because I can't stand looking at the Klingons. <laughs> There's that. I mean, I, the, I mean, I hate I hate the way they talk, Paul. I hate the way they look and I hate their ships. And I hate, quite frankly, that they, you know, you, you had to look up the Klingon names earlier. You, yeah. I've never had to do that with Klingon 
no. main villains before. Well, and it's because I, I appreciate the <laughs> the leaning into authenticity and and having Klingons speak Klingon to each other. Um, I would just rather a Hunt for Red October sort of transition from Russian to English, you know, or Klingon to 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 English. Just so that I don't have to read the damn screen because I find so that I'm I'm reading the screen so much I'm not paying attention to the action going on and that's fair. and because and because they're speaking a language that makes no sense to me uh, I don't feel like I'm getting a sense of the character like you did for characters like you know uh, Gowrod and Martok and you know uh, Cole and Kor uh, you know all these these uh, you know Kane. All these great Klingons from the past, uh, I, I just I don't feel like we're like we're connecting. Like I don't give a shit about Laurel. Yeah, I don't I don't connect with her at all. I don't give a shit I about did, any of the Klingons. I, I will yeah, tell you. I didn't give a shit about Takovma. Um, I should that we should be connecting with them as much screen time as they're getting. Mm-hmm. We should feel we should feel something for them. It could be like, wow, he's a, he's a real swashbuckler. Or, you know, he, he's, he's, he, you know, you should feel something hatred. All I feel is disgust. Cause I can't stand what they've done to some of my favorite characters. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Klingons as a character. I, I, I love their culture and I don't like the way any of this looks. No, or I sounds. Yeah. I, I, and I think, and this is from a guy who does watch a lot of subtitled films, and I enjoy subtitled films. I enjoy oh, I foreign too. cinema. I yeah. find these subtitles on the Klingons distracting, and perhaps it's because their language is so aggressive and uh, non-pleasing to the ear. But, wow, I just, I, I spend more time, I, and the, the fact that the scenes are so long, yeah. um, you know, in dealing with them, and it's such an unpleasant language to listen to, it does feel like I'm looking more at the the subtitles than I am at the screen, and perhaps that's yes. why all the Klingons, I, I mean, you know, they, they show Klingons, I'm like, am I supposed to know who this Klingon is? Yep. Um, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, I'm no, supposed it, to know, but I don't. It doesn't work for me at yeah. all. And, you know, the, the difference is humans... Humans. <laughs> humans have a similar way we communicate, even though our languages can be very different. Like, for instance, you know, I know you like Chinese films, right? Yeah. You know, martial arts films. We have ways we communicate. We have ways in which we we share emotion and, you know, we, 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 you know, we, you know, emphasize something. Well, we've created an alien language here and these I'm not getting any of the passion, you know, that I would get from, you know, say, for instance, the the, uh, you know, original version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, if you're if you're watching that with subtitles, um, you know, you can you can hear the movie and understand what's going on without really those the you know, the subtitles. You you can sense of okay what these motivations are because you understand the human emotions behind them. Yeah, they've done such a and you might even say an effective job of making these guys alien. I don't know what they're doing, so I have to read the subtitles to understand what's going on. And as such, because I'm reading the subtitles so often, I'm not connecting any emotion or character or trait to a given person. I just I, I just don't think that's working for them. And I, I, I will look forward for us to move away from the Klingons and move to something else. Yeah. Because and I hate to say that because, you know, we've got Klingons in every other iteration of Star Trek that I adore. And for some reason, they they saw fit to fuck with that. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Yeah. So, Paul, let's go back to, to Scott's comment. You yes. Know, that, you know, he said, you know, he felt like 
like the uh, he felt like that shift is being normalized or smoothed in a way that makes me think of how the shocking departure in our national politics is being normalized. So do you, do you feel, do you feel like after having watched this episode of uh, star Trek discovery that do you feel like that, like they're, they're, they're taking some of the edges off and that they're, they're making the, the show more palatable, more normal, more star Trek. Absolutely. Now, now to be fair, a lot of this stuff was already in production before they had any initial. Uh, oh, I think the entire. I think the entire first eight. Yeah, were, we're already. Yeah, we're shot. already in the can. We're already shot. Certainly yeah. before any reactions could even be gleaned from the first episode. Maybe editing wasn't done. Maybe special effects weren't fully done. But for the most part, everything was done. So I think uh, the softening of it may come, or softening of it may come rather from the fact that the episode, the first episodes were already in production uh, when Brian Fuller left, and perhaps that where we were dealing with um, a rough transition, and now we're dealing with the crew kind of in their in, in a more comfortable place by the time they've they have filmed episode eight right. um it's funny that he mentions the the politics of it because I, it, the the show very much um very much uh was about uh the, i think the entire show is about modern day politics oh no absolutely you know, yeah, but, i completely but, agree yeah rem, it, for anyone who, who thinks remain klingon sounds a lot like make america great again yeah, it, it, I think that's intentional. Um, yeah, the only thing missing is their little red ball caps. Yeah, um, so I, I certainly think we're we're dealing with a lot of the the parallels there. Um, as far as an intentional softening of the show, I do think so. Um, you know, I think uh, I think the the Michael Burnham character that we see in episode eight is not the same Michael Burnham character that we see in episode two. Uh, yeah, well, or episode I would... one. I mean, like, I... where's the she's almost not Vulcan at all at this point. Well, and I'll say most pilots are extreme, yes. right? You know, it is an extreme nature of what the show is, and it's the episodes after it that really define the show. The pilot's just like, hey, here's a show we can make. And then people go, okay, well, you know, what do you think? And that's, I, I think the pilot process on this is probably a little bit different because I think they had their full order. I don't think they had to do a test case. I think the test case was, you know, Brian Fuller providing uh, a script. But I think that, you know, he, that those initial, you know, two hours of the show were probably an extreme case. And I think they're kind of backing away from that because who the hell wants to watch that every week? Yeah. Yeah. I really didn't want to watch it the first time, much less any, every week. I, I do think the show has gotten a lot better from where it started. I do think, you know, you saw how I reacted to this week's show. The fact that them walking around on a planet with the tricorders out, I got super excited um, I don't think this is the strongest episode of the season. I don't even think it's the second strongest episode of the season. But I will say I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was time well spent. Um, I, I just, you know, if you could just pull all those gross Klingons out of here, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah. And I think for me, like I said, I, I feel like I'm more invested in the Stamets storyline than I am in the Klingon storyline. And I think it's and, and the Stamets storyline, it's funny, it doesn't even have a villain. It's just a more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the Stamets turn this week, you know, he, he, his personality has has changed from from last week. Um, yeah, where he was groovy last week and this week he's he's dour. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I, we're starting to see the effects of of the time jumps or no, I shouldn't say time jumps about of the jumps. So I think, you know, perhaps I don't know. 
perhaps there's some, you know, credibility to this theory that we discussed earlier. Um, but C vis pacum parabellum. Um, for me, uh, middle of the road, like mediocre episode. Uh, we, you know, out of the eight episodes, uh, I don't even, I, it's probably in the, it's certainly in the bottom half for me. Well, I, I think the, the show title is correctly pronounced. See this pock and parabellum, Paul. Parabellum. <laughs> it's the way the, that's the way the Latins would pronounce it. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got one more before the mid season break and, uh, you know, we're still figuring out what we're going to do during the mid season, but I uh, trust me, you'll still have more star Trekky goodness yeah, to, so, fill up, to fill up your ear holes. You know, we, we, we actually had, a we had a, a reach out, not a reach around, <laughs> a reach out on, uh, on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Um, where uh, Joshua Ernest said, here's a suggestion for you during the mid-season hiatus. While it's not officially Star Trek, the Orville is definitely in the same vein as sci-fi as Star Trek. I'd love to hear your take on it. Um, we did talk a little bit about the Orville a couple of episodes ago, but uh, if you guys are interested in more Orville talk uh, in the in the hiatus, definitely let us know. I mean, it is loosely related to Star Trek, right? I mean, I should, I mean, it is inspired by Star Trek, but happy to have that discussion. Um, and Tony Mast says, I don't watch Discovery, and I'm not sure I will, but I do like listening to you guys talk about it, mostly so that I can keep abreast of what's happening with it by listening on my commute. So That's our job here. That's our job. So, so the, We spend the $7 a month for CBS All Access, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously over this next month, um, listen to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly because we are going to be very heavily invested in Justice League and Star Wars. Um, but, you know, uh, there there are other Star Trek Discovery podcasts out there, and obviously it's easy for us to get lost in the shuffle. So I would ask that you guys who listen and enjoy the show, please share the link, you know, hashtag Star Trek Discovery, share it on any Star Trek, um, you know, message boards, or if the, like I said, if those exist, Facebook groups or whatever, you know, Star Trek community that you guys are involved in to help get the word on in this podcast. It would certainly help um, us and keep us going and um, invested in talking about more aspects of Star Trek, uh, because the more feedback we get, the more content that we can provide to you guys. That's right. And and I think it's important when you're at the public restroom and you're in the stall and there's a guy next to you, you say, hey, man, hey, man, you like Star Trek, right? You got to listen to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Yeah, exactly. IOMgeek.com. IOMgeek.com. Just yeah. Just just write it on a, slide, a piece of toilet paper and just slide it under the stall to him. <laughs> yeah, you know, you put your foot under the stall and tap their foot with your foot. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You like Star Trek, right? Yeah. <laughs> you like STDs, right? STD. <laughs> hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Let's do this all over again next week. I think we will. All right. Uh, and, and once again, give us a call 972-763-5903. That number once again is 972-763-5903. And once again, if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise. Woo. Woo. Well, I don't have a Latin way of ending this episode, so I'll just say adios. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's Latin, Paul. Eh. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. 
Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. All right. That was longer than the actual episode. It was. It was. (laughs)